QuickMed Claims presents the Board and Collar 10Q30. We pose 10 questions to emergency medical service leaders from across the United States on key matters affecting EMS nationwide. You'll find their unique responses interesting and thought-provoking, all in 30 minutes. Your host, QMC's Director of Client Services, Gary Harbath. Good afternoon, everyone. It's so good to have so many here today. My name is Gary Harvat. I'm from the QuickMed Claims Client Success Team. I'm joined by my great uh, colleague, living in the same decade as I am, Chuck Humphrey, um, uh, up at our Danville office. So, Chuck, welcome. I think we have a great show today. What do you think? Oh, I'm excited. Boy, this is a good one, you for sure. Uh, so, I uh, hope all of you are braving all the various snowstorms in the east. If you're out west, well, we envy you, trust me, or in the south. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, I don't know, we've had our share of snow. I actually, to be honest with you, I actually was in the office this morning and they are predicting snow here around four o'clock this afternoon, Eastern time. And I said, no, I don't do the snow driving much anymore. So I got in my car at 1130 and came home and I've been working from home ever since. So um, it's going to be, we'll see what today brings. But anyway, uh, it's good. I'm inside. We're ready to go. I'd like to introduce our guest today for today's edition of uh, 10 questions in 30 minutes. Our um, guest is from Belmore Merrick EMS, which is open up in Long Island, New York. Um, and our guest is uh, Matt Lubliner. Matt's a great guy. We've uh, actually spoken before to get prepared for today. And I know he's got some great input to some of the questions that we'll ask. So um, as we go through today's program, you are welcome to ask Matt questions. And should you wish to do so, you can do so by simply going to the bottom of your video screen, type on the, get the uh, click on the Q&A icon, type in your question, and Chuck or myself will pose that question to Matt. So we're going to get started here. 10 questions, 30 minutes, 10Q30. So Matt, welcome. We're glad to have you. Thanks so much for being here. Good afternoon, everybody. Very excited to share some information about Belmore Merrick and to be on this podcast. Great. Well, thanks so much. Can Matt, to get started here, how about just uh, give us an overview of your organization from stem to stern, if you could, please. Uh, sure. How big of an area of service, um, how you're staffed, that, that type of thing, if you could. Absolutely. So... Belmore Merrick EMS, uh, we're a nonprofit organization based out of Belmore, New York, which is on Long Island in Nassau County. Uh, we're broken up to a group of both dedicated volunteers and employees who are devoted to serving the communities that we serve. We were founded in 1972 by a group of members from surrounding local fire departments that only wanted to focus on EMS. Our services have been available to the communities of Belmore, Merrick, North Belmore, and North Merrick for the last 49 years. Next year, we're looking forward to celebrating our 50th anniversary. Uh, our current fleet, we have four ambulances, three first response vehicles, and then a fully compliant NFPA 1584 rehab unit. A little bit of story to where we really built up today. So back in 2015, uh, it was discovered that one of my ex-board members uh, was caught embezzling millions of dollars uh, from the time span of about 2008 to 2015, uh, almost to the point of crippling the entire agency and shutting our doors at one point. Uh, over the next few years from 2015 on, uh, we built back up to where we are today. And then in 2017, we were awarded the New York State and Nassau County Agency of the Year. Uh, which was truly a culmination of all our rebuilding efforts. 
Over the last few years after that, we continued to grow and improve ourselves. And then just last year, uh, we were able to move up to our primary 911 slot. So the first two ambulance in the North Belmore Fire District. We submitted that proposal through our local REMSCO office. And ultimately we were unanimously approved to do so. Uh, it's gonna be a very early prediction right now, but we're looking at 3000 alarms this year, which will be the highest for our agency. The previous highest was 2019. Uh, with 2010 alarms Great so we're stuff. looking for a monumental year yeah yeah that's that's very good and you know uh, chuck and i have spoken about you before matt but i didn't realize i mean you guys have really worked incredibly hard especially the challenges you face i mean talk about rising from the ashes huh chuck yeah i should say and and you know um it, it, those kind of things unfortunately happen in organizations uh, and, and it, it just, it always just makes me sad because, um, you know, it, it, it's just one of those things that we have to be so careful of in, um, in volunteer services, uh, community members who mean well, and then all of a sudden, you know, so, um, you know, um, one of the questions that, that I would have for you, Matt, is, um, you know, what is the advice that you could give to an organization today, knowing what you know now, what you guys were through, um, what's your best advice to an organization about preventing that kind of thing from, from happening to them? Sure, absolutely, it's a great question. So the advice that I can offer is something that we learned a little bit later on. Um, every year, whether you have an independent service come in, your own accountant, make sure the books are reviewed, make sure you're billing, if you guys, if your department's bill, make sure your statistics are uh, matching up to what uh, your income is showing and really just keep a very close eye on everything purchased and all the money in and out. It's great advice. Yeah. Thanks, Matt. Yeah. Really great advice. Um, and to be named as the New York state uh, EMS agency of the year. Um, that tells me that uh, Chuck, we're fortunate to work with a uh, incredibly credible organization. So um, <laughs> my hat's off to you, Matt, because um, it's, it, as you know, this industry is one that is facing many challenges and 2020 was no exception and just made those challenges even, even worse. And uh, so uh, to work with dedicated professionals around the country as Chuck and I have the wonderful opportunity to do so um, and adding you to that group is, is just, um, just really makes it feel, makes us all feel worthwhile. So thank you for, for running the kind of organization that we love we love at QMC to deal with. So, okay, well, we Matt, let me give you another QMC one. Family. Let me uh, fire another one at you here. So tell me about uh, your staffing and your training levels and, and how you staff through a, a given day. Sure. So our staffing consists of round-the-clock coverage 24-7 uh, of at least two ALS crews. Uh, a full ALS crew for us consists of either a paramedic, or what we have in New York, really Nassau and Suffolk County is an EMTCC. Uh, it's a step down from paramedic, but it's above the level of AEMT. Um, keeping it as simple as possible, it's basically a paramedic who needs to request a lot of orders for medical control uh, prior to having them on standing orders. We have a decent foundation of our volunteer coverage. We're about 60 active members to date. And then when needed, when we don't get that, uh, those two ALS crews, we supplement with uh, career providers. We moved to this hybrid model over the last few years, and it's been proven uh, extremely beneficial to us for our operations and our coverage gaps. Uh, a little bit about our response. 
So we get a good amount of direct 911 alarms that come through the PSAP center and then are dispersed through the ambulance matrix. And then we do also a good chunk, uh, either direct dials to our headquarters or our dispatcher directly. Uh, so very similar to 911 response, still an emergency ambulance, just not going through the police department for that. Uh, in addition to our emergency responses, we also do non-emergency transports for members of the community to and from the hospital if they request it. Great. Um, and Matt, like, you know, I know you guys have been through quite the ordeal in recent years trying to regrow that organization. Um, how have you reached out to your community to, to get them to embrace you? So community involvement is something that we've always held pretty high. Uh, even during all the turmoil and whatnot, we went over the last few years. Uh, we've done many events over the past few years to really benefit the community. Uh, we've hosted some Narcan administration classes with local politicians. Uh, we offer hands-on CPR along with first aid classes to any community members that are interested. Uh, every year as well, the Belmore and Merrick, the Chamber of Commerce, they host annual street fairs uh, where we not only provide medical coverage for the event, uh, but we also set up a booth. We do blood pressure screenings, uh, offer tours of our vehicles. That always seems to be a big hit with the kids. They love to hit the air horns, the sirens, and then take that lovely picture that usually ends up on our social media, uh, which is always a good feeling for us. We recently have done a full overhaul of all of our social media platforms as well. Um, we've been posting regularly again, um, some call information, a general updates, some coronavirus updates, obviously since we're living in a, a pandemic that has been ongoing for the past year plus. Uh, we do our annual Toys for Tots Foundation, I'm sorry, uh, Toys for Tots uh, Drive, along with our Santa run. So we go around the neighborhood, uh, we built a sled, we put it on one of our trailers, usually stop at some of the local schools, get out, take pictures. The community uh, always seems to love that. And one of our latest ideas, uh, we actually are in the process of starting a podcast. We're calling it the Belmar Merrick EMS Community Podcast. We're going to have some of our members, officers, some of my other chiefs in my office, uh, some local politicians, our medical director, other county EMS leaders um, to come on, give some insight to not only our immediate area, but what's going on in New York State, the county, and even the national level. So we're very excited to launch that hopefully by the end of this week. Great, yeah, great. Fantastic news. That's yeah. great. Chuck, Chuck, what do you think about this guy? Another another podcast. He's <laughs> yeah. coming into our turf here, buddy. I, I Not know, trying to step on anybody's toes, trust me. Yeah, yep. <laughs> yep. Well, you know, you know, there's uh, there's Howard Stern and then there, you know, exactly, so exactly. Well, the more the merrier. You know? Exactly, right? <laughs> so, there's a lot well, of competition out there. Yeah. Well, Matt, feel free to check back with us because uh, trust me, we've uh, we've learned some hard lessons with podcasts and some we'd be glad to, to share with you. It's sure. been a great thing for us. Um, actually, um, our podcast just yesterday, just yesterday, went over 10,000 downloads. So, wow. um, you know, for, it's, it's a great thing. And uh, we've made some mistakes along the way, but we've recovered and, and do well with it. So, so thank you and good luck to you. We're here to help you should you need anything. And the, the scary we'll, thing is that there's 10,000 people out there that want to listen to an ambulance filling podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, you said it, not me. <laughs> I think you're the draw though, Chuck. You're the draw oh. though. So. All right. Hey, Matt, um, 
now, obviously, you've told me how you connect with your community. How about other EMS organizations? And, you know, I recognize sometimes working with other agencies that border your community is not always a marriage made in heaven. Um, how have you done with that? Sure. Great question. So all four fire districts that we serve also provide EMS coverage. And then on the northern border of our district, we also have another ambulance corps. Um, so over the last few years, we really worked to redevelop uh, strong relationships with each department. Um, again, a little bit more turmoil. Past leadership really alienated us away from working with the fire departments. And I'm happy to say we now have mutual aid agreements with all four fire departments, something that if you were to ask uh, those past administrations if it was possible, they'd probably just laugh at you. Uh, the biggest way we connect with each other uh, through some joint meetings, some joint trainings, and they seem to be really productive for all parties. Great. Matt, I just want to kind of go off script for a minute because you mentioned sure. something earlier that um, just piqued my interest. So you mentioned you've got a volunteer group, right? And you, did you say about 60 of them are volunteers? That That's correct. About 60 active volunteers. Yes, sir. And, and then you've got your career folks. Um, how is that? Is it, does it seem to work well? I mean, I know there's sometimes there's organizations that that's not always um, the best scenario. The, you know, it's the, the volunteers don't like the paid guys. The paid guys think the volunteers are trying to take, you know, it's, it's sometimes not always the smoothest sailing as Chuck and I will both attest. Yeah. No, I mean, we've definitely had some hiccups with certain providers, both on the paid and volunteer side. Uh, it's definitely a learning curve for all a little bit finding your, your place. But right now, I think the dynamic that we have has been the best it's been in years. We have a right. good foundation of both career members and volunteer members, and it seems to be a really cohesive relationship. That's, that's wonderful. And that's the way you want to keep it. And it's not, a, it's not an easy thing. It's always work, but the benefits are just incredible when you can get Absolutely. the two groups to work together. Yeah, All you right, know what? Um, and just a follow-up question too. Um, Please. The, um, so you talked about your fire districts and, and I was intrigued by your talking about your rehab unit. Um, you know, that doesn't bring any revenue. So you're supporting that as a value added service. Am, am I right in that? And then, you know, how do, how do you find that uh, your, you know, the fire department's appreciative of that underlying support? Absolutely. So it is a free service to the fire departments. There is no uh, revenue income from that. And all four immediate fire districts, we do provide their rehab coverage, uh, depending if it's a, a first alarm or a second alarm fire. Uh, we will come in, we'll do a whole rehab setup, run all their guys through proper rehab in accordance with NFPA 1584 uh, at no cost to the department. So is that when the volunteers come out? You don't, your on-call crew stay on the, on the, the ambulance and then you have other people come in and take the rehab out? That's correct. So our uh, paid providers only stay on signal nines, which is our uh, rescues in our district. Uh, all volunteers will handle those alarms, correct? Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, great service. Yeah, wonderful. Matt, um, with all the patient care uh, that, you know, and all the costs is involved with that, have you done anything from a clinical improvement side over the past several years to really uh, upgrade the, the, the level that you provide the, your community level of care? So that's a great question. So a lot of the money that we do spend goes to the clinical improvements. And within the last three years, uh, we've invested a large amount of money for a lot of patient facing items. Uh, we were able to purchase Lucas devices for all the ambulances, King Vision video laryngoscopes with the pediatric attachment, 
uh, brand new Zolt X-Series monitors, and a full complement of striker, both the power loader and the power stretcher. Wow. And then more importantly, for some training aspects, uh, last year we purchased uh, one of the full simulation mannequins. Uh, so we run our members through all scenario trainings, IVIO placement, needle decompression, uh, any sort of oral or nasal airway insertion. So we do a pretty comprehensive uh, training program with uh, some of our equipment. Right. And, and you know, no 10Q would be uh, complete if we didn't talk about what have you done for your teams as it relates to COVID? So it's been tough. You know, it's a pandemic that nobody's really seen before. It's a completely new obstacle, really never that's seen in the past. So we implemented policies quite early. We were monitoring uh, some foreign countries, seeing how they were responding. Uh, so we pulled back our crew staffing. We pulled back our limitations in the building. Um, we implemented the PPE policies quite early as well. Uh, but it was difficult, but I'm happy to report that uh, I only had four members ultimately test positive. So it's a great accomplishment on our end to see all the policies, procedures that we put in place really be beneficial for all members. Matt, how are you? How are those four people faring? Are they all doing? Everybody's well? okay. Uh, two were asymptomatic, fortunately. And other than that, a couple, uh, a little bit like the sniffles. Nothing crazy, you. fortunately. Everybody's fully Glad recovered. Yeah. Wish them our best. Glad to hear that. Absolutely. We'll pass that along. Thank you, Chuck. And, and Matt, we, uh, we watched the news and we know that New York was so hard hit with all of this. Did you feel that as well with the patients that you transported? Absolutely. So you look back to the height uh, back in last March and April when that first really big spike happened. Uh, just about every other call was COVID related. You know, the PPE shortages as well. Uh, we did the best to grab a lot of PPE, you know, as I was saying, when we were looking at foreign countries and whatnot. So fortunately, we had a big stockpile and we, we didn't run out and we don't anticipate running out either. And, and did you feel that um, were any of your people affected like from a mental side with this? I, I mean, I, we've heard about this so, so much that, you know, they're working long shifts, they're working day after day, they're seeing COVID patient after COVID patient, you know, how's, how was their frame of mind and how did you, how did you keep them up as opposed to getting down, which could easily happen? Absolutely. So we did notice some uh, deterioration at some points. Some members obviously came to my office and said, you know, I've been experiencing this, I'm having some troubles and whatnot. Um, so through some of the professional organiz uh, organizations we're members of, uh, both the American Ambulance Association and the New York State Volunteer and Rescue Association. Uh, they offer professional services. There's free hotlines. We've utilized that. Um, we did a few morale boosters when we were able to. We took some guys out on a boat cruise. We did a few of those, a couple fishing trips. Really tried to stay as positive as possible, given the restrictions and the limitations. Sure. Great stuff. Good, good, good stuff. stuff. Great yeah. stuff. So, Matt, how about let's let's walk away from COVID for a second, if we can actually do that. How, sure. <laughs> how have you dealt with things like managing what was out there before COVID and still is to this day, like things like the opioid epidemic? Sure. So in our area, our section of Long Island, uh, the opioid epidemic is, is pretty bad. It has a huge impact on our community and uh, our daily lives operating the ambulance corps. Uh, we do our best to really inform the communities of the risks associated with the opioid pandemic. Uh, as I was saying before, we do Narcan administration classes yearly, uh, which also ends in families receiving home Narcan kits. 
doesn't necessarily help 100% if they're still using, but obviously they have the reversal tool to prevent the inevitable before first responders are able to get on scene. As a result of that, um, have you seen any um, positive outcomes that have taken place before you've got there? The family intervening, et cetera? So we've definitely seen that. Family will administer Narcan. All of our police officers in Nassau County also carry Narcan. So there's a big community outreach across Long Island to really combat the opioid uh, epidemic. Well, way to, way to take the bull by the horns because it's uh, it's not going to go away anytime soon. And it, it seems to be well overshadowed by COVID, but we all know it's it's still out there. It's still out Absolutely. there. Absolutely. Um, Matt, I'm asking about all these great things that you're doing and I'm impressed by them, but I got to ask you, what are your biggest challenges right now? And again, I want to kind of step away from the the pandemic because I know that's a challenge in itself, but outside the pandemic, like What's the stuff that keeps you up at night right now? Sure, absolutely. So one of the biggest operational challenges that we face daily right now uh, is decline in volunteerism. It seems across the board, uh, it's our department, it's the local fire department. It seems very difficult to try to get volunteers in the door and then uh, ultimately retain them. Uh, we've noticed that over the few years, it's just on a steady decline. Um, we've definitely faced some gaps in the volunteer coverage where we have to supplement a little bit more with career personnel. You know, we do our best to try to make volunteering uh, enticing, offering a few incentives to want to be around. Something we're looking at, um, we're creating a point system essentially uh, for additional hours or coverage. So if you do, you know, X amount of hours, or if you do another shift or two shifts a week, uh, we'll give you some sort of reward, whether it's an item of clothing, a get out of shift free card, a little incentive if you don't want to come in one day, uh, a small gift card to a local restaurant or coffee shop, just something, uh, a little incentive to really try to boost volunteer coverage. That's great. Really, really very innovative there. Chuck, that's what we need. We need a get out of work free card. <laughs> Sounds great, right? Well, uh, Mr. Powell, if you're listening, uh, Gary didn't mean that. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my JK as my kids would text to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, how about as far as, again, outside the, the, the COVID and the PPE, um, what have you done as far as crew safety? Anything innovative as far as the ambulances go or, or even outside of that? Sure. So safety uh, is always one of our highest priorities. We have a high focus on safety. Uh, recently, some of the things we've done, uh, we purchased all new turnout gear for our members for any motor vehicle accidents or any fire scenes we uh, end up on. We've significantly improved our radio structure and infrastructure over the last few years uh, to really do whatever we can to keep communication open in the event that obviously uh, an immediate transmission needs to be made. Uh, just about all of our vehicles now are equipped with the four-point harness restraints in the back of the ambulance. I know that's becoming one of the standards now. Uh, and with that, we also equipped every vehicle with the ignition override system. Mm -hmm. uh, so if we're on a scene, we're able to leave the vehicle running if it's cold, uh, if it's too hot, temperature controlled in the back, but remove the keys. So in the event that somebody tries to um, essentially steal one of our vehicles on scenes, as soon as you hit the brake, uh, the entire truck will shut off. Mm -hmm. And I think with safety too, one of the biggest aspects in my mind anyway, uh, is proper training proper training on all devices, proper training on lifting and moving and good techniques. And we have a pretty extensive training curriculum uh, to really allow everybody 
the proper training techniques and the ideas and hopefully to prevent any sort of injuries or um, anything that can be caused in the field with, uh, with proper training. That's great. Um, really very, very good. And Matt, before we close out here, just anything interesting that you'd like to add to, for today, because uh, you're a wealth of information. You're a great guy to interview here and we appreciate it, but I want to give you a chance to blow your own horn if you wish. So at the end of the day, it really goes out to the members, both volunteer and paid. They keep us going. They keep the agency running and they make us want to do what we're doing. You know, the biggest thing that I can really offer to everybody listening, listen to your employees, listen to your members, right? I know even if they're probationary member, they offer a lot of good. You know, we come from all walks of life, especially on the volunteer side. Members offer great suggestions and ideas to better every organization. They might've seen something uh, if they come from another organization or they work somewhere, uh, anything that they can offer to really benefit the agency, listen to them, make them feel satisfied, make them feel appreciated. You know, it's the little things in life, as cliche as it is, that goes a long way. And that's what people remember. Well, great. Chuck, do you have any questions you'd like to add to, for Matt? No, I was just wondering, uh, you say you're coming up on your 50th. Uh, do, you, do you have any, uh, I know we're in pandemic and it's hard to envision, but um, you know, you have anything planned to celebrate that? And, and then as a side question, I'm interested in learning, do you have any um, second or third generation uh, folks that are part of your organization? Has the baton been passed uh, to a couple of guys or, or ladies that who are, you know, part of an extended family? Sure. So first off, for the 50th anniversary celebration, we are looking at hosting um, basically an extended installation dinner inviting all of those legacy members and everybody we still have active, whether they're life members or even ex-members who are in good standing, really to celebrate everything that's happened over the last 49 and, and 50 years at that point. Um, Active-wise, we still have a couple of those legacy members. Uh, they come around to some of the parades and the other functions, not yeah. so much writing calls every now and then, um, but we do have a good, act, uh, a good database of those members and we stay in touch with them. Um, they offer ideas and solutions. We, we bounce ideas off of them all the time, and it, it's really beneficial. That's great. Great to hear that. So, glad to hear that, uh, especially that you're honoring those, uh, those folks that went before. Uh, that, that, I love hearing that. That's fantastic. You know, if it wasn't for all of their efforts, we wouldn't be here today, mm -hmm. right? They laid down the foundation, the groundwork, and we are just running with it and building it up. Yeah. Well, Matt, uh, uh, you know, congratulations on the 50th anniversary um, you know, you're talking to two guys who love to eat. So, uh, you know, if you have, if you're short and you got a couple open seats, hey, Chuck, what do you think? I would Absolutely. not be opposed for all the help and insight you guys have offered in this change. You are added to the list. Well, Chuck does mashed, the dishes. Chuck does mashed, the dishes. Just you so you know. Make sure you have mashed potatoes, Matt. There's a <laughs> That's it. I'll, I'll, add it to, I'll, I'll fill you I'm in. Add it to the, it's added to the pre-planned list right now. Mashed potatoes <laughs> for Chuck. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, thank you for taking time out for us. This has been very, very informative. Might I ask if anybody would like to contact you, might they be, might you, are you okay with that? And if so, how would they do that? Absolutely. So I can either send my information to you, Gary. I think you have it. If not, um, I can give you our building number. If you want to feel free to contact us, it's our headquarters. It's 516-785-7700 or my personal email for the agency is Matthew, M-A-T-T-H-E-W dot Lubliner, L-U-B 
L-I-N-E-R, at B-M-E-M-S dot org. Well, thank you. And if, for those of you that may not have had a pencil close by, feel free to contact uh, uh, myself. You can write us at clientsuccess at quickmedclaims.com, and I'll be happy to give you Matt's information that he just conveyed. Uh, of course, uh, we are recording this, and we will be putting this out on our podcast channel, which will surely be competing with Matt's podcast channel, um, but we're, we, can, we can work in tandem. That's okay. Um, so feel free, if you'd like to get more information, uh, tune into our podcast channel. You can find us on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio Podcasts, and many others. Just Google QMC Board and Caller. And uh, we have about 143, soon to be 144 episodes out there. And so we're, we uh, would encourage you to, to take a listen. We've got everything on there from documentation to billing to COVID funding. And of course, great things like the 10Q30 that Matt's appearing in today. So I will end by thanking um, my colleague Chuck for joining us. But of course, a special, very special thank you. Matt, thank you for taking time from your day. Um, we know it's, uh, it's a hectic world you live in. Um, we thank you for all the effort and all the work that you do in serving your community. And I personally um, love doing these types of things because it's an eye opener for me. And to be honest with you, it's very refreshing to hear the dedication that exudes from the people that we interview, the passion that they have for serving their communities. And gosh, I just wish um, stories like yours would make the news much more. So it's a, it's a heck of a great story and con continued success for all the good things you do. And we're glad to be your partner. So thank you. Chuck, anything you'd like to add? Uh, just uh, all those that are, uh, come in today, we thank you for joining us live. Uh, for those of you who are listening uh, to our uh, recording, uh, feel free to, to network with Matt. Uh, this is one of the things we've been most ingratiated by through this uh, particular 10 to 30, because we've just heard back from many of our clients who have connected, you know, Alaska to Pennsylvania. You know, you're all doing some unique things. You, you heard Matt talk today about a number of things. So use each other as a resource. And we welcome that. And again, let us know if you didn't get that contact information. Um, uh, you know, spend some time talking with one another. Uh, this is how we learn how to do things better. Feel great about that, and uh, certainly welcome that you take that Great, thank you again, Matt. Thank you for your time. Thank you for having me, it's been a pleasure. Great, thank you. And uh, for all of you out there, we just have one thing we have left to say to you, and that's very simply hey, be, be safe, safe out, out there. there. See you guys, <laughs> bye bye. Thanks, have Matt. a great day. Take care, everybody. Thank you again. Bye.